I feel like I got like a bull in one of those, you know, those rodeos where he's in the pen yeah. and he's just like kicking around the, like the wood is banging yeah. and he's just like, they're like, come on. Come on. It's like rattling. The yeah, lock yeah, is rattling. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, they're like, it's like, boom. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Oh, hello, Charlene. <laughs> it's weird hearing you say my name. It's weird saying your name. You don't ever call me by my full name. The only time I call you by your name is when we're in a crowd and I have to get your attention in public. It's so true. Or like if I'm really angry, I, I had to be really angry at you to call yeah. you by your name. Yeah. That's like that's like the absolute most angry I can be. And you never say Char or anything either. No. Well, because you know how much I hate it. No, I would never. I never do that. That's, yeah. that's just disrespectful. I don't like Char. No. It's not my name. I, I generally don't like many shortened names of nice names. I think Charlene is a cool name. But it's funny. You go by Andy and your name is Andrew. But Andy's not a short version of Andrew. It's a nickname. Char is just a short and it's a lazy version of Charlene. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't be bothered with that second syllable. Yeah, it's too much time. Your, bus- your day is way too busy to pack in another syllable. Do you feel ready to get started with this q and A? I I think so. <laughs> Let's do it. So this first question is from L, as in the letter. Dear Shandy, my husband and I have been married for eight years, share two children, and are generally very happy. My issue is relatively minor, but something that has plagued me on and off throughout our relationship. We are pretty good fighters and communicators in general, but when it comes to small everyday annoyances, we never really manage to handle them in a way that is satisfactory for both of us. We've both worked from home and been very limited in our outings outside the house in the last year and a half, for obvious reasons, and I think that has exacerbated the issue. My general rule of thumb is that if whatever the issue is, A, a matter of opinion, and B, isn't actually causing any harm, I don't mention it. I don't want to nag my husband or make him feel like he's being judged by someone who loves him just because we spend so much time together and he leaves dirty dishes on the counter instead of in the sink when the dishwasher is full or running... That might be a bad example because I think that is objectively the wrong thing, but I digress. To what extent do you feel that sometimes I'm annoyed by it is a good enough reason to be critical? And in such cases, what's the nicest but firmest way to say your frequent use of the word howdy is unbearable to me? (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Howdy. That's a tough one. You see, the problem is it's like once you let it get established... There, there comes a certain point where it's there's there's no return. Yeah. Like you're done. You're getting howdy. Yeah. Like you should have talked about it like two years ago or three years ago or even <laughs> or five in, years or ago. Or in the first six months. Yeah, but that's that's not the point. I, I will say this first. Okay. Congratulations to L. Yep. Because you are in a very good relationship. Yes. And I'll tell you why. And I just had this experience. I have this experience frequently with you. <laughs> <laughs> you annoy the shit out of me constantly. <laughs> No, but like, for example, there's been a recurring thing recently, which I've mentioned to you. I just mentioned you today. Oh, the, the red thing well, you, you, on the camera? You cut very dark, like red colored fruits and berries and stuff on our white counter. And then you don't clean up the residue, which then becomes like if it stays there for a few hours or even a day, it actually can become almost a permanent stain. Well, that's and not true. I do go in there with Clorox after and do clean it but off. why so. would you wait to go in there with Clorox when you could just wipe it up with a paper towel with water? I usually just miss it in the moment, okay. but okay. But this is not the point. I we'll have my annoyances this later too. in a very heated fight. <laughs> but I, every time I see that red, there's two things that happen. One is I'm like, ah, ah. 
And two is I'm like, I have a good relationship. Yep. I am literally the most pissed off I have been at my wife in the last week has been because there is some raspberry residue on the counter. And this is coming from a couple that spends a lot of time together in a relatively small space. Yes. And I do think the pandemic plays a role, obviously, Mm -hmm. a little less so these days. But in general, we can relate heavily to what she's saying, minus the kids. It's a lot of time to spend together. And just so you know... Do you know what yours has been in the last week for me? I'd love to know. The sniffing. Hmm. And I I have said something, just as you've said something to me about the red. I think, just to be clear, just so they don't think I'm like, you know, doing a lot of inhalants. I'm, I'm <laughs> sniffing because I have allergies, yes. which is not my fault. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm not saying it's your fault. All I'm saying is that I like sh- I can hear a liquid rattling around in there mm. and I'm like, here's a tissue. <laughs> and I respect that annoyance. That's a reasonable annoyance. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I should blow my nose probably more if that happens. Yeah, I've to be honest though that sound just has always bugged me whether or not it was yeah. from you. Okay, so we're so we have these two examples in yes. our relationship just from the last week. Just from the last week. So I but think there's our... more from previous weeks. <laughs> we can, I can get into that too. Yeah. But the point is, is these are the kind of things that are a sign of a good relationship. Now, yes. if these kind of things resulted in another fight that then became something about like. Uh, money or Mm -hmm. that girl you cheated on me with or like something broader then there's a problem but if the the annoyance starts and ends with something is a little messy or or he says howdy you're good (laughs) however i think personally that these kind of things can build eventually and you could get into a real fight which you know based on the strength of what i think is what i think is the strength of your relationship you'll be fine regardless but you don't want to get into fights so you don't want to let it build too much. So maybe like in a light moment, I, I find in a light moment, in a sort of joking way, not passive aggressive, it's a fine line. You got to be careful with this. Just say like, oh, I noticed there was some uh, some raspberry juice on the <laughs> counter. <laughs> and then in a, in a loving caress. Just... Uh, yeah, actually, I do think that the timing matters. The timing and the approach. I do think there's something to be said for just as she's doing currently, mm-hmm. not saying anything most of the time. Most of the time, I think you she, don't say anything. Yeah, I think she has the right idea. At the end of the day, you're not living by yourself. You're living with another human who has their own idiosyncrasies. And it's inevitable that you will be annoyed by things. Yeah. Inevitable. If you're not, I think there's something weird going on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or you're just still in the honeymoon phase where if the person you, can do no wrong. If you're living with someone for an extended period of time and nothing about them annoys you, then you have to look inward because there's something wrong with you. Yes. You're defective. And of course, there's the other end of the spectrum where everything annoys yes. you. And in which case, you probably shouldn't be with that person, as we've always talked yeah. about. You know, well, try to end up with someone who annoys you as infrequently as possible because right. whatever annoys you in the beginning is going to get way worse. Way worse. Yeah, you have to sort of decide, are the things that are annoying me because they actually are kind of annoying Mm -hmm. and there are things that would annoy me with anybody? Yeah. Or are the things that are annoying me a function of how I actually don't really like this person and I'm just annoyed by anything they do? That is such a Like things that I used to like, Yeah. like now they do them and it annoys me. Yeah, yeah. Then you have to categorize that. Yeah, and I do think it's really important to differentiate the two because I do think that some people just start to annoy you to the point where... It doesn't matter what they say or do, it, they annoy you. Yes. And it has nothing to do with the actual, like I said, idiosyncrasy. Right. So, okay, I think that we have sort of have a two-parter answer here. One mm. is, Al, I think you're doing the right thing, which is taking the path of 
I don't know, the higher road. And most yeah. of the time, just keeping it to yourself. Because it really, for the most part, these are stupid little things that are just a function of uh, living with another human. Absolutely. And honestly, I, I find the best thing to do, the best advice I can give is one big deep breath mm -hmm. whenever you're triggered by one of these things yeah. and then sit there and think as you're exhaling <laughs> how good your relationship is that you're annoyed by the fact that he says Howdy. yes and simple and the second one i would say is time it like you said mm -hmm. and not, definitely don't come at it from an aggressive standpoint Never. just because it's or not passive helpful. aggressive oh Any that's form even of aggression. worse yes like yeah for example in a moment you know after you had been sniffling for I'd say close to 30 minutes. <laughs> I was just like, do you want a tissue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, and that worked. Yeah, and when you brought up the raspberry juice, you know, I was in a very good mood and, I, and then we laughed about it. Right. So, yeah, I think time it. You should hopefully know how to do that if you've been together for eight years. And this is just sort of a function of being married, I think. I completely agree. Yeah. And now that we're on the topic. <laughs> okay, do you think we answered this one? Oh, yeah. Okay, L... It sounds like you have a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. And if howdy is the most annoying thing in your life right now, I, I, uh, I envy you. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And to yeah. be honest, from a totally outside perspective, someone who has not heard a lot of howdies in the last few years, mm -hmm. I think howdy is mildly endearing. <laughs> I'm okay with howdy. Yeah, I can see how it's the kind of thing that might be a little like yeah. after a while you'd be a little... Uh, but... It's so inconsequential. Who cares? Yeah. Just make believe you don't know him. Every time he says howdy, be like, I don't know this person. Oh, that's endearing. <laughs> it's not my husband. It's just some rando. Okay, moving on. All right. This next question is from Vivian. Oh, what name? Yes, a Someone name. Someone with a name. Yep. Dear Shandy, the situation that I'm about to tell you about poses no answer that may change the outcome. But its purpose is to hear you banter about an interesting topic and, most importantly, to get as many Andy analogies out of it as possible. Are we here to amuse you? <laughs> Am I a clown? As maid of honor for my sister's wedding, I have been Zooming with her and my dad to plan the wedding. On the last Zoom call, my sister presented a list of the order in which we all walk down the aisle during the ceremony. My sister being the feminist who doesn't believe in asking for permission to wed or giving the daughter away, decided that she was walking down alone. This, of course, was news to my dad despite having told my sister that she needed to have a conversation with my dad about this months ago. He was pissed. I managed to move the meeting along and told them they needed to handle this in person. After the meeting, I was copied on an email from my dad for reconsideration, saying that he has waited 27 years for this and that it would be an honor to walk my sister down the aisle. A little background on my dad. Ten years ago, I had a long two-hour walk with him where we had a heart-to-heart -heart about all the things we endured as a family. He told me about his life as an immigrant, how he was so close to leaving the family, and how he stayed for us. All I ever wanted was for him to be happy and asked if he ever regretted anything. He told me he didn't because he wouldn't have had me and my sister as a result and that his two dreams in life were to watch us graduate from college and walk us down the aisle on our wedding days. Aww. So precious. My sister, after telling her all of this, still refuses to walk with my dad even after multiple suggestions of different options, like walking down partially with my dad and partially by herself. To me, this isn't about feminism and just being considerate and including your family in big moments and decisions in life. 
I also dislike her binary way of thinking, but I understand it is her day, and I don't think anything will change her mind. I am, however, curious about your thoughts on this and how your wedding day went. Side note, I am not married, so my sister will be the first in the family. Thanks for all the analogies, Vivian. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pissed. <laughs> it's extremely selfish. I'm just going to say it right now. I don't think this is feminism. No, you're not going on on a limb there. This and, is this is extremely extremely self centered, and and there's zero regard for the man who raised her. And yeah. he has he asked so little. Look, this it's is, possibly he hasn't asked so little. We, I mean, well, we always have to bear in mind that you know we don't know the family dynamics, and maybe the sister doesn't have the relationship with the dad that Vivian has. Well, well, all I can say the only excuse she has is if she has had a terrible relationship with her father, and he is not been a good father mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. Yeah. That's the only excuse. And even then, it's kind of like, unless it's really extreme. Yeah. Like even then, just give the guy this one I thing. Know. It's, Come on. It, it, in my opinion, it's a small thing to allow. I am kind of speechless, honestly. And this, by the way, for the record, is coming from a couple that also doesn't believe in asking for permission. No. You did not ask my did dad not. for permission no. to propose to me. No one cared. My, I don't think my dad cared. He nope, certainly didn't act like he cared. I didn't care. And I was happy to have my dad walk alongside me down the aisle. I just think it's such an exciting moment for a father. And she should, in fact, be thankful that her father's even around to walk her down the aisle because so many people don't even have that. I totally agree. I mean, I get that it's really outdated that a father walks his daughter down the aisle to, quote, give her away, but it doesn't really have to mean that. It's more of a tradition in my eyes. And you could apply that to all sorts of traditions around weddings. Like, what about the engagement ring or throwing the bouquet or changing your name? I just feel like it's a small gesture to give to a parent who really, A, has shown interest in doing it, and B, has been looking forward to it for a really long time. I feel like she wants more fun and analogies of us analyzing this, but all we're doing is siding with her vehemently. And I really hope the sister reconsiders in time because I think that her moment of stubbornness for some statement that she's making, this is not a statement. This is the thing. You can be a feminist in your actions, not in something like this. This is not a feminist action. It, no one. An entire wedding is is based on tradition. Do you need to have a yeah, wedding? Don't, yeah, don't have a wedding if you're yeah, such a feminist. Yeah, yes. and, and pick your battles more wisely. No one in that entire wedding party is going to be like, "Good for her." Yeah. <laughs> she walked down the aisle alone. I've what always a, wanted to see that. She's a true feminist. Yeah. <laughs> oh. She is going to lose on every base. She's going to lose. Her father is going to be terribly hurt by this. Mm -hmm. She's taking away a once in a lifetime little gesture Mm -hmm. to him. All her friends and the wedding party and the family are going to be like, what what, what is this? Mm -hmm. Why is she doing that? It's going to become a thing. No one's going to be like, oh, good for her. They're all going to be like, oh, why? Yes. And how and what? Well, here's the thing. Had she given a reason like actually... Vivian, I don't have the relationship with dad that you have. And right. my I feel that my upbringing was X, Y, Z. And these are my reasons why I'm not doing it. For it to be this arbitrary display of feminism. Oh, my God. That's insanity. I don't even and know. And she what- should be ashamed of herself. Unless, with one caveat, and we don't know about this, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get into what level of terrible relationship there needs to be for you to refuse to walk down the aisle with your father. Yes. But if there was a, something really bad between mm-hmm. the two of them, 
I can't speak on that. Yeah, but that's of course. a totally, totally different story. And the we don't quest, have that information. We don't have the information. Assuming that the father was fine, at the very least, fine. Yeah. That's all you need. If he was like even below average, <laughs> she still should walk down the aisle with him. It's ridiculous. What I lack from this, and I feel she's 27 years old. She's a little too old to be thinking so selfishly. All I keep thinking about is all the friends I have who would kill for their father to be alive on their wedding day, yeah. to have this to have this option. Me being one of them. I'm not a girl, but my father wasn't there. And one of the, the small tragedies of my life was that my father wasn't at my wedding to see this person that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And I would, I mean, there's no amount of money I wouldn't pay to have had him there. Mm -hmm. And she won't even walk down the aisle with this guy. And that's, and it's one thing if the guy's like, ah, I don't care, do whatever you want. I'm totally laissez-faire. It doesn't mean yeah. anything to me. He's made it clear that this means a whole hell of a lot. It's actually yeah. one of two things yeah. that he wants in life. Like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed You're off not too. getting any analogies. I'm so pissed. <laughs> I'm not giving you an analogy. Yeah. There's no analogy needed. The analogy is this. <laughs> This is an analogy of what not to do in life. This is now officially an analogy, which I will use for another situation. Stubbornness for the sake of it. She's she thinks she's making some statement. All she comes across is small and, and, and honestly petty. And you know what else? Annoying. <laughs> I was going to say ungrateful, but also annoying. And again, we don't know if there are underlying factors. Maybe she doesn't have a good relationship with the father and Vivian doesn't know about it. I'm trying to have an open mind as to why or how she could have come to this conclusion and, and have justified it to herself. But based on the information we have, Vivian, we're on your side. I, this is a struggle. I wish we could make this fun, but I think that it's, uh, it's a real shame. And I hope that she reconsiders in time. It is I, I feel bad for you having to deal with this. Yeah, I agree. And it sounds like she's trying to reason with her. You know, it's her day. She's going to do what she wants to do on her day. She's calling the shots on her day. And no one can yeah. take that away from no. her. But but all I will say to you, Vivian, is your parting words to her about this should be something to the effect of you're going to regret this yes. for the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah, I agree. One day your father will not be around anymore. Yeah. Do you really want to look back on this for the rest of your life and feel you took, yeah. you you want took to have, that away from him so needlessly? Do you want to have that memory when he's not around anymore? When you think of him, you think, oh, all I had to do was walk 20 feet with him at my wedding. Yeah. And I chose to take that from him. And now he's gone. It's not always about making some statement about who you are. You can be a feminist in, in your daily life. I actually think that this is the one moment where it's like, who cares? No, it's, that's what who I'm saying. Cares? You're no longer a feminist. You're yeah. just annoying. <laughs> A, and no one likes someone who's annoying. <laughs> Done. Thank you, Vivian. Good luck. The entire concept of a wedding, a big white wedding, is based on tradition. And a part of that tradition is your father walking down the aisle. If you're such an anti-traditionalist in that sense, then just go to City Hall and don't have an aisle. Don't even go to down. City Hall. Oh, yeah. Don't just get like, married. <laughs> like, like cut your hand and drain the blood into his hand and like, you know, <laughs> sing a song to Satan. I just don't have a wedding. Okay. Okay. I think we made our thoughts known on that one. <laughs> oh, my God. This next question is from E, as in the letter. Hmm. Dear Shandy, 
I want to thank you both for your eloquent wisdom and insight. I truly feel like I become more intelligent after each episode I listen to. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I adore hearing both of your perspectives and banter. I apologize in advance if this email is too long that I feel many listeners may relate to my dilemma. I would be honored if you could answer even if you skim over sections of my email. I will not be doing that. I either choose an email or I don't. So FYI for future long email writers, consider that. I never just take a partial email because I don't want to choose what I leave out. I don't think that's my place. So if you're worried the length of your email might be the reason it doesn't get chosen, shorten your email. Yeah. (laughs) Just putting that out there. Yeah. And that goes for E, who's writing an (laughs) E-mail. Good job. I, E, am a 24-year-old heterosexual woman living in Toronto who recently agreed to be the girlfriend of my 31 male, now boyfriend, we're going to call him G, after he asked me to be official on the 10th date. Our first few dates were great. My issue is that just days after agreeing to be official, I'm questioning whether I still want to be together or if I'm even really attracted to him. It's important to note that I have never had a boyfriend before, which has previously been a big insecurity of mine, as I felt as if I was too old to have never been asked to be someone's girlfriend. I worry in retrospect that I liked the idea of having a boyfriend more than I actually liked slash now like him. My main question is, is it too early for me to break things off and should I give him a shot despite my reservations? Context. While G has some qualities I like, I like his assertiveness and he often compliments me. He also hasn't told me specific reasons why he likes me. There have also been a few times that he has said his car looked beautiful before he acknowledged how I looked at all. (laughs) He has said that I'm, quote, the sweetest girl he's ever met, beautiful, intelligent, and a catch, unquote. But he has never gone into more specifics than these and it's heavily focused on the looks. We had sex on the sixth date and it was decent, but I can't remember if he either didn't go down on me or if he did it, but only for less than a minute. That's always a good sign, by the way, when you can't remember if someone went down on you. (laughs) That's true. I literally remember people who went down on me like 30 years ago. (laughs) Of of course, I returned the favor for him even despite this, and it's called a job for a reason. I enjoy giving oral, but it's frustrating for a guy to not show an interest in pleasing me without being prompted. Mm -hmm. After this date, I began to lose interest. I communicated with him about this and how I needed more foreplay. And then on the eighth or ninth date, he was receptive to the feedback and he did seem to try to take things slower and went down on me first, which was nice. Mm. I should mention that while dating him, I had also formed a connection with a guy on my volleyball league who asked me out and I really hit it off with. Volleyball guy, E, Wait, there's another E? Okay, I'm going to call him M. There's two E's She and puts a G? his full name, but since she puts letters for other people's names, I don't feel comfortable reading his full name, so I'm going to say M, okay? Okay, so the volleyball guy is M. Yes. So Boyfriend we got a is G, G, we got an E, and we got an M. Yeah. All right. I'm <laughs> not going to scramble that and spell Gem or I Meg. Was, <laughs> I, was, I was looking forward to my General Electric joke, but now I've, it's Gem, and it's not funny. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Volleyball guy, M, exhibited a lot of qualities I really loved and things I felt were missing with G. For instance, M is inquisitive and seemed to genuinely be interested in getting to know me, whereas G tends to veer in the surface level of asking how my day was, but rarely specific questions about what I'm into, despite how I ask him this, and then talking about sex or music or work or his love of cars. Guy loves cars. 
M was a bit more intentional with right off the bat asking me what my values are and what I'd be looking for as ideal qualities in a man. He also exhibited an excitement in learning new things and reading new books every week, which was a huge turn on to me. He gave me compliments that made me feel very special and seen, and overall his curiosity for me was attractive. He lives a more active, healthy lifestyle, meal preps, and the next date we had planned to go on was a tennis date, which I felt was compatible with my lifestyle and love of being active. He also has his own condo, whereas G has three roommates in a cramped house. Um, why is this still a question? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Conversely, G revealed to me on our 11th date, the first date after being official, that he has type 2 diabetes. The conversation was brought up by him because he had asked me if I slept well and I told him I did not because of his snoring. He said that he snores if he exceeds a certain weight and that he has to watch his weight because of his diabetes. I don't want to sound like I'm judging him for this, but the way he told me this information and the timing was off to me. There had been, in my opinion, ample opportunities for him to tell me before making things official. For example, times I suggested getting ice cream, but he brushed it off. Hmm. Or a time I suggested we get pasta, and he said he, quote, watches his carbs, but didn't elaborate. I realize people are entitled to reveal their health conditions at their own pace, and I don't ha and don't have a real obligation to tell me. But it left a bad taste in my mouth when I thought back to other conversations that could have led to him telling me and didn't. That aside, he brushed it off as though it wasn't a big deal and stated he doesn't take his medications every day because, quote, they're just a band-aid to the problem. Also, he showed me his glucometer, which he then proceeded to use in front of me, opening the case to reveal a used crumpled tissue, which he pulled out and used to wipe his blood with. And then he put the same dirty tissue back in the case. This is all caps. <laughs> this frankly disgusted me, but I was too polite to say anything. <laughs> so this email is cracking right? me up. It's amazing. <laughs> I feel like my naivete about relationships may be clouding my judgment, but there are other things about G that I don't like. He openly told me stories about how he told his friend she was being immature. He said he doesn't like cooking and he drinks a lot of soda, which also <laughs> makes me feel like he doesn't care about his health and bothered me even before he told me about the diabetes. Oh, and I just don't feel passion for him or a lust to rip his clothes off. Also, on the 11th date, I was hoping we could do something cute and mark the first date as boyfriend-girlfriend, but he didn't ask me what I wanted to do and instead he texted me to, quote, Uber over, unquote, to his place, a switch in pattern from our previous 10 dates where he had picked me up. I can get my own way, but the change in consistency was noticeable. Then the date was literally just us watching a movie for a few minutes before he said, quote, let's be young and horny together to me. Let me Who's tell you something. If, 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 if anybody ever said, let's be young and horny together, I wouldn't be friends with them anymore. Forget about the relationship. I mean, they wouldn't get, they'd lose my number. Who says that? I was further icked out, but we had sex anyway. <laughs> this time he once again reverted to not going down on me. I gave him passionate head for probably almost an hour and we had sex. And then after he finished, she wait, hold on one second. How long did she give him passionate head? For almost an hour. And then they had sex. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. <laughs> passionate head yeah for almost an and hour she said it's called a job for a reason <laughs> i mean she's the hardest working lady in in that either business. that or she likes to exaggerate but yeah <laughs> wow sorry i'm just a little distracted okay go ahead and then after he finished he asked me if i would consider going on birth control because he can't come with a condom on i told him i would consider it and talk to my apparently doctor apparently he can barely come without a condom on too how long does the girl have to work 
I told him I would consider it and talk to my doctor. I did feel it was fair for him to ask that, though. Four days later, he texted me, so how's it going with the birth control? Are you figuring it out? Ha ha. Which upset... (laughs) (laughs) Which upset me, as I felt he was talking about it in the same flippant manner one would ask what color nail polish I'm getting. I replied that I would prefer to talk about this in person, which we did, and then he explained that he was just, quote, really excited to find out because he really wanted to be with me. I, on the other hand, felt upset that he texted me this after already turning me off extensively and giving me a less than pleasurable night where he reverted to his old antics of not pleasing me. I didn't think it would be something I'd have to address every time. Since this, we went on a 12th date, which was a walk in the park and then a chat in his car, where I revealed I felt something was, quote, missing, and that I didn't feel a huge excitement for this new relationship, which was concerning for me. Also of note, before this date, he suggested I come over and cuddle, to which I requested we do something else because we literally did that last time. I felt this spoke to a lack of effort early on, and it made me feel like he maybe only asked me to be his girlfriend because he wanted consistent sex. Anyway, this chat we had was before he just left for a 10-day road trip to Vancouver. Going into the date and chat, I was intending to break up with him because in my gut, I just felt I was settling. And I also have been thinking so much about M and how kindly he replied when I told him I had a boyfriend now. In her gut? What other part of her body is not telling her to break up with this guy? But really enjoyed getting to know him. M sent a beautiful, respectful text where he said he hoped that G, quote, makes you happy every day. And he told me he felt I was a catch and would still like to date if we are both single in the future. (laughs) Can I get to the end? I'm almost there. (laughs) You're so, (laughs) I know, I know. I love a black and white question. I left it off with G where he made me promise to give him one more in-person date before coming to a decision, which I felt was reasonable. He's still not back in Toronto and I haven't missed him at all. The times he's initiated sexting conversations have not fully repulsed me, but also have not excited me at all. I love that those are the options. Yeah, that's I'm not right. fully repulsed, but I'm also not excited. That's it. I feel it inside that he's not the one, but I worry I'm making a rash decision since the relationship is so new. Not a rash decision. Oh my God. Is this a joke? It's not. Are we being punked? I think it's. I think it's real. We're going to get to the end. Is this a she Canadian needs, thing? Like she's just no, super nice? No, she's, it's her first boyfriend. We're going to be. It. Oh, I get M. it. I so, get it. Okay, e, I get it now. E, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. Oh, but I'm going to get to the end. I'm going to get to the end. I feel like I got like a bull in one of those, you know, those rodeos where he's in the pen yeah. and he's just like <laughs> kicking around the, like the wood is banging yeah. and he's just like, they're like, come on. It's like rattling. The yeah, lock yeah, is rattling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, they're like, it's like, boom. <laughs> Am I just being too cynical and looking for a reason to end things? I'm afraid I'll decide to stick with him because I want to cast the role of a boyfriend in my life or because I've secretly always wanted to date for Halloween haunted hayrides, a boyfriend for the fall, etc. But I feel like both G and I deserve someone who is 100% excited to be in a relationship. Charlene and Andy, please tell me, should I give it more time? Am I letting my cynicism cause me to develop the ick when I really should give him more of a chance to prove me wrong? How do I tactfully break up with him if I do reach that point? Any advice would be sincerely appreciated. E. Okay, so <laughs> there's many ways I can open this. And there's many directions I can go. There's, this is like a bounty of riches <laughs> of criticisms. And I'm going to have to choose a path. But I will say this. You have basically 
in one way or another, listed almost every single thing that can be bad about a new relationship. Yep. And I don't know how that's possible without you knowing yourself that this is a bad relationship. There must be something that's amazing about this guy, which you didn't mention. But let's assume there isn't. <laughs> I have never. And we have gotten, we have done what? How many Q&As have this we done? This is number, and four, callers. number 14, I think. And you got to add callers in there too. Oh, it's yeah. like 28. Oh, yeah. Third, let's call it, th- we've done like 30 of these episodes mm-hmm. with people coming with questions. And there have been many where it's very black and white, very softball, like just go break up, it's done, forget about it. Yeah. I have never been more sure (laughs) that you should break up with E. Sorry, is she E? With G. Okay, whatever. You get my point. Break up with G and date M (laughs) as fast as humanly possible. No, you are not being a jerk. No, you are not being short-sighted. No. You are being a fool, to spend one more day wasting yeah. your time with this guy. And and there's a million jokes I can make about the 17-hour blowjobs and all this <laughs> stuff. But I'm not going to do it, which is just serious. You are literally, the clock is ticking. Every minute you're with this guy is a wasted minute. You could be fostering a relationship with M, or who sounds else. like the angel Gabriel. <laughs> what is going on with you? I honestly think G just got there first and she admits that she wants to cast the role of a boyfriend in her life. It's been an insecurity of hers to not have been asked to be someone's girlfriend. She wants a boyfriend. She wants to have that experience and therefore she wants to see it through. But oh my God, I feel like this is the polar opposite of, you know, the questions we get where people are like, I don't know how to date. I'm too afraid. Like in our last Q&A, we had someone who wasn't even giving anything a shot because she saw red flags everywhere and like didn't even wasn't even willing to try this is what you call trying too hard to make something wrong right i mean the fact that she spent like a whole chunk of her email talking about how the guy didn't mention the diabetes which actually i think is the one thing he did which i condone which is like i don't expect if i have some health problem that's going to be sort of detrimental i'm not going to go right out front to be like oh by the way before we start eating on this first date i have diabetes yeah yeah no i completely i think that's that's the one thing in this entire email where i'm like well yeah you know it's fine it's human you can say yeah i wish i knew or he i wish he told me in this way you know, not in a way that was kind of, he was sort of coming to his own defense because of the snoring and stuff. Right, right, right. But nonetheless, you know, this is a condition he lives with. And, you know, you it's not really her place to say when and how, and she admits it, when and how he should have told her. So that's, I think, we're going to shelf the the diabetes thing because I don't think that really oh, yeah, relates. No, that that is unrelated one, to our the answer. The one thing that I was like, nah, that's not something to think about. Yeah. But everything Although else. Although the used tissue blood thing was yeah. a little... And by the way, the guy hasn't committed any crimes. He's just not good for you no. or for... I don't know. Well, not... and you know what? He'll be great for someone else Maybe. who wants a more surface level relationship who wants nothing more than to just, I don't know, get blowjobs. Yeah, I mean, God damn. But here's the thing. I really think, E, what speaks to me about your email is how you have a gut feeling about how you want to be seen and understood and heard. And the, you care about compliments that aren't just about your looks, but that validates you in a way where you feel seen as a human being. And I cannot stress enough that that is such an important thing to know about yourself. And that is the kind of gut instinct that needs to be nurtured. A hundred percent. I have, a, I have a, a firm rule. If you've got a 
like convince a guy that he should go down on you. Oh, I mean, and, that's, and a, by whole, the way, that's a whole other answer. By the way, that rule applies if you're not even giving him any kind of blowjobs. Yeah. Like, just do it. That's like rule number one. But she's going, up, she's like an 1800s coal miner when it comes to blowjobs. She's literally waking up <laughs> at four in the morning, getting in that mine, coming out black and covered in soot and God knows what else, and literally getting home and collapsing, going to sleep, waking up and doing it the next day. And this guy literally is sitting at home, collecting welfare checks. He won't even bother to like pick up the phone if, if an employer calls. Oh. What is that? Uh, he hopefully... Our passion makes this abundantly clear. I do not think you should give him one more date, another chance. You've given him 12 dates. And by the He's way, not right for you. And, Just and, listen to your, your, own, your own intuition. Yeah, agreed. And, and 13 is the unlucky, that's the next date. She should avoid the unlucky 13th date. The fact that he's like, give me one more shot. He, I, you know, I strongly feel he doesn't know her at all. He doesn't know her. He doesn't care to know her. No. He wants to hook up. And look, maybe that's all he will ever have in a relationship. That's totally possible. He's 31. He's not a baby. The evidence that was compiled during this email pointed for me to a man who's like in his early 20s. Yes. A lot of this stuff. Yeah, like, like the fact that he like likes his car. Level. He's living with three guys. He loves his car more than he likes her. Like yeah. it's all this, like well, he doesn't he, go down on it. It's like all this stuff is just like, come on, he grow sounds up. so superficial. And look, you can have three roommates. We're not judging his, where he is in life. That I, that's the other thing that I think we should separate from this. The fact that M has a condo, G lives with three roommates, whatever. That's a separate thing. What matters is that you feel seen and valued for who you are as a person. Yeah. Right now, you just seem to be valued as a plaything. Yes. He doesn't deserve one more second of your time. And, but, but, and it shouldn't require, by the way, you getting fully, fully repulsed beyond belief yeah. for you to cut yeah. that cord. Yeah, just, just for future reference, breaking up with someone often happens when you're not that repulsed by them. You just realize that they're not the right one. Yes. And for you, it doesn't matter how young you are or how... It, you are wasting time mm -hmm. by being with this guy. Yeah. And, and we're not, by the way, ever talking about a biological clock when you say that. No. This is just time that you life. could be with someone else. Having fun. Yes. Or looking for someone fun. Or just being alone and like enjoying your alone time. And I deal with like going down on a guy for six <laughs> hours who doesn't return the favor. I mean, come oh on. Oh my God. And not to mention, that she, was she like sort of dating this other volleyball guy it while is, she was seeing this guy? I didn't understand. She that. went on a few dates with M. Okay, during the, the, yes, the G. Yes, and then G asked her for things to be official. And so okay. that's when, and, and it sounds like M took it really well and was like, I hope he makes you so happy. No, 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 look, look. I, I <laughs> look, listen, E, you, you, I know you were really set on this idea of having a boyfriend to spend the holidays with and drink your, your pumpkin spice latte, but <laughs> you have to get over that. Don't yeah. be so rigid. You have to go for a guy that's right. Mm. Not just for the guy who's there, who's willing to serve service. Well, he's not willing to service you, but he's willing to be serviced. <laughs> Like, I want to be fabulously rich, but I, I don't go out on the street and mug a bunch of old ladies and rob <laughs> banks. Like, you got to do things right. Just break up with a guy. Go for M yeah. right now. As you're listening yes, to me, yeah. I want you to be on the phone. Yeah. I want you to be like, we'll like we're playing. It's we're, we're waiting. Yeah. You're on the phone now? Is... Are you on the phone? Hey, G, go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, M. 
What are you doing tonight? I mean, M did say he would still like to date if they're both single in the future. And here's the thing. The future is now. I think this would be black and white, cut and dry, with no questions asked, even if M wasn't waiting in the wings. It's I just agree. Ma- yes. the, the fact, fact that, that M, M is waiting, waiting the wings makes me angry. Yeah, now yeah. I'm. Now you made me angry. Yeah. Are you happy? It honestly just sounds like G beat M to the punch. And she was so excited to be asked to be someone's girlfriend that she, she was like, okay. She had this mindset, like, I want a boyfriend. Yeah. And this boyfriend came along. Except yeah. it was a totally wrong boyfriend. <laughs> and then a right boyfriend came. She's like, no, I already have the thing I want. I have my boyfriend. We're good. I mean, no, that's not how it works. And look. E, I don't want it to sound like we're going hard on you because I actually... I want it to sound like we're going harder. (laughs) No, I just think there is a sweetness to, you know, the first time you're asked to be a guy's girlfriend, especially if you're, you know, she's 24, it was something she was insecure about. I can understand how she's like, yes, I can see, oh my God, so many people when they're proposed to saying yes, even though it's not really quite right. right, But they want to get married. Yeah, or they want to just be, you know, it's so moving to be proposed to or it's so, and to be asked to be someone's girlfriend that you're like, okay, and you don't really think it through. And so I'm not giving you a hard time for having done that. But at this point, 12 dates in, you have the information. This is information. All of this is information. You have collected the data. And at what point are you going to listen to your own instincts? Why do you need us to tell you this? You have to realize that you are a catch. Yes. And and I'm basing this on several pieces of information. Well, yeah. And also M has claimed that she's a catch. And M (laughs) M recognizes. M's good taste. And you need to value yourself Mm -hmm. appropriately. Yes. This guy does not deserve you. Mm -hmm. He will deserve somebody else. He does not deserve you. Yeah. M sounds like he's a good candidate. Mm -hmm. Go quick. Because tonight M might be going on a date and it might be over for you. So so don't don't sleep on this. Wait a light of fire. I think honestly, even with M out of the picture completely, even if it means that the role of boyfriend goes uncast in your life, drop him. Drop him. You know it's not right. Listen to your gut. I, there comes a point where we get a question where it's, I don't think you need our advice. No. You just need a, a little nudge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you already, you knew what we were going to say. I think you just really needed to be, I, I, to have that fire lit. Yeah. There was one other question like this in the past where I was like, are we being punked? I'm not, I yeah. really am still not sure. And I'm not <laughs> sure this time, but I'm going to go with, this is a real question. Yeah. And I am very happy that I and you have the opportunity to potentially change E's life. Mm -hmm. And And save her hours of giving blowjobs. Yeah, yeah. how many... uh, Thank you. How many hours is she going to be working down there before she she makes a change? She's unbelievable. It's it's, It's unbelievable. It's never (laughs) too soon to get out of a bad habit. What what, This will start... You'll think, oh, this is innocent. I'm young. I'm just seeing what's going on. Yeah. No, you're going to get into a bad habit where you accept less than you need yes. or deserve. Yes. And you're going to let it drag on for possibly years. You may get married to someone who literally yeah, doesn't just- go down on you and you're giving them 50 hour blowjobs. <laughs> and here, to be clear, we're not only talking about G. I love that you're making this point. It's not just about G. It's about fostering a dynamic in your relationships your romantic relationships where this is could be conceived as normal or acceptable or somehow what you should end up with that it we want to be abundantly clear this is about nipping in the bud what could become a long-term years of habit 
of, of not listening to your gut, not listening to your instincts and being like, well, it's better than being single. No, this is not better than being single. It would be great to be single. Oh, my no. God. And not have to put up with this shit. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Think of it like this. Like sometimes, you, you know, you decide to paint a wall in your house and you pick <laughs> a color of paint and you start painting like a little corner. And you're like, oh, this isn't exactly the color I wanted. You're like, but I have the paint <laughs> and I'm doing this and I committed. So I'm just going to paint my whole house a shitty color. Don't do that. And, yeah. and just one last parting note. Yep. We're young. Let's be horny together. I will have waking up in the middle of the night, sweaty nightmares from that statement. <laughs> so in closing, don't paint your apartment the color that you hate, the shitty color, just yeah. because you have the can of paint. Yeah. Either go back and repaint it white, whatever color it was before, or give that other color a try. Obviously, we're oh, talking really about You're really pushing M. this metaphor. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's a great one. I yeah, like that oh, one. Yeah. But yeah, why live with something that doesn't make you happy and in fact repulses you? It's like she's painting the wall vomit color. Yeah, especially when you live right next to a nice paint store and you have a, a coupon for a free can of paint. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> I think we've made our opinion known. <laughs> All right, E. I have nothing else to say. No. Thank you for writing. Thank you for the laughs. Now mm. get out of this ASAP. Yes. ASAP. This next question is from Sherry. Mm -hmm. Dear Shandy, my friend and I are in our early 30s and have known each other for close to 20 years since we became friends in school. We've been close friends throughout these years and have made time to check in on each other just to catch up or provide support if needed. We also live in different cities, so texting and phone calls are usually how we've communicated. This past year, though, has been different. I haven't heard much from her, and any time I reach out via text or even to set up a time to meet in person if I'm in town, she either never responds or takes weeks to respond with short replies, which is different from how we've communicated before. I did notice this shift when she started dating her boyfriend and they are now engaged. I told her I was very excited for them and wanted to catch up and hear more about it twice, but did not hear back from her until months later when she just sent me the wedding date information. I also recently went through a big life change and she hasn't asked me how I'm doing or shown much interest. I understand priorities and friendships change as we become older, but it has been hard because this has felt one-sided and it makes me sad. Anyways, their wedding is coming up and I don't really want to go because mm. I don't feel great about our friendship right now and am feeling ignored. But I'm not sure if I just need to accept everything for how it is, attend the wedding, and then work on moving on after. My question is, should I attend her wedding? If not, do I tell her the truth about why and how I'm feeling, or should I use an excuse of time and cost since I'll need to travel to attend? Thank you so much and hope to hear from you, Sherry. Hmm. She should go to the wedding. Yeah. I agree. Don't use the wedding as a, as a replacement for having a conversation with her about your friendship. The yes. wedding is a party. You owe it to your 20 years of friendship mm -hmm. to go. It's going to be awkward if you don't go. You're going to make it a whole new thing if yeah. you don't go. And she also is going through a lot. We know that planning a wedding yeah. is no joke. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that I'm giving her a pass on the way she's behaving. But when you do get into a new relationship, sometimes you're really swept up. Suddenly you're planning a wedding. It can be all consuming. Yeah. You drop a lot of friends. Like I remember I was terrible at getting back to friends. I'm still not as good as I was before I got married. 
<laughs> no offense to you. I mean, you're great. But, you know, this happens. It wouldn't be offense to me. It'd be no offense It'd be to offense them. offense to them. Yeah, sorry. No offense to you, everybody. <laughs> well, I take longer to get back to you. But it's a thing that happens. Look, there might be something else going on there. It sounds pretty extreme. But don't use the wedding as a replacement for the hard discussion you yeah. need to have with her after. And I mean, significantly after the wedding. Give her like three months after the wedding. I would say I agree with you completely. With one caveat, if this wedding is going to cost you a lot of money and a mm. lot of effort, like an extreme amount, sure. Like, do you have to, if you have to fly to the Bahamas and, and get a hotel room, buy a plane ticket, and and are expected to get a wedding gift, if it's just going to cost you more than you're comfortable with, because God knows weddings can be a very costly event for guests, yeah. and I really think that if you're able to go and it's not going to hurt you financially or or logistically, or and in your life, it's just not a great difficulty to go. One hundred percent, you should go to this wedding. Your friendship has been around a lot longer than this past year or so, where mm. things have been rocky with your friendship. It does suck that the friend sounds like she's sort of fallen off the face of the earth. But I, I do think that's kind of a function for some people of getting into a new yeah, relationship, especially happens. one that ends up in an, an engagement. It happens, and yeah, it's kind of a function of like reaching that different state of your life you know and and another thing is and i'm not saying you're this person sherry but i think it's really important to be happy for friends when they're in happy times yes and not just when they're in hard times so true and so it's it really sucks that you feel like she hasn't been there for you and i'm not saying that you should just roll over and and take probably what feels like unreciprocated efforts and I think that that is a conversation that should be had at some point. But I agree with Andy. You not going to the wedding cannot is not in lieu of having that conversation. Absolutely. And the things you said about like you know super expensive, really hard to get to. Like I would consider not going to that wedding if it was my legitimate best <laughs> yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. not really an issue. I yeah. think that not going to this wedding is a mildly passive aggressive move that could come back to really bite you more than you want. So go to the wedding, have a great time, save the conversation. Make sure you have the conversation for well after the wedding's over. Yeah, totally agree with that. And honestly, having had a wedding, you know, it's in the rearview mirror now Mm. and having gone to friends' weddings and missed other friends' weddings for whatever reason, I really firmly believe that all water should be under the bridge for a wedding. Maybe not before the wedding. It can be swept under the bridge after the wedding, but... There's one person I could think of where there was a massive fight going on around the time when we were planning our wedding. And I made every effort I could to invite this friend. And Mm -hmm. I sent an invite and tried to have the phone conversation and just do what I felt was right to mend that. And this other friend didn't didn't meet me halfway and didn't end up coming to the wedding. And now we're friends again. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. And it's still sad to me that this friend wasn't at our wedding for what now in in retrospect was a stupid it was it was yeah, just yeah like over what I don't even remember I literally don't even remember Amazing. what it was about I mean I don't remember yeah I don't even remember which friend it was yeah <laughs> you don't know who I'm talking about <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I yeah. wasn't privy to this <laughs> yeah my point is oh also like with wedding guest lists like I feel like all the people we were on the fence about inviting and then ultimately did invite, I'm so happy we invited them. Yeah, me too. I just think 100%. that weddings, it's, you know, it's a big landmark in your life. 
and she invited you, which is which reflects. Yeah, her. she doesn't totally. She didn't totally forget about yeah, you. Yeah, I exactly. mean, you know, those those meals. It's like you know, four or five hundred bucks a head. You know, <laughs> she, she remembers who you are. Yeah, I think have the conversation, but put it on the back burner. In the meantime, if it's not going to be too inconvenient for you, and or too costly for you, go to the wedding, and then address this yes. after the wedding whirlwind has passed. Yeah. And always, always, as a general rule, be very careful about dramatizing once-in-a-lifetime kind of events. Yes. Like, a funeral is about the person who died. A wedding is about the two people who are getting married. Yeah. If you are honored enough to be wanted at those events, you're take yourself out of the equation. Yes. You'll always be happier you went to a wedding or a funeral regardless of what kind of issue there was. Mm -hmm. Be very careful with those kind of events and mm -hmm. being passive aggressive or being, you know, sort of uh, calculating about how you're yeah. handling it. Yeah, I think your attendance at those types of huge landmark, like yeah. once in a lifetime events, should not be used as making some statement. Yeah, should, you should, should not be self-centered in any way. Yeah. You should take yourself out of the equation. Yeah. You are just a vessel. You are no yeah. longer you. You are being invited to a very important to event. To Just celebrate go. someone else and their happiness. Yeah. And even if you haven't felt seen or supported recently, the, the relationship has been around a lot longer. Sure. So, and, and look, if it's super expensive and it's really a pain in the ass to get there, then you do the calculus. Yeah. I wouldn't blame you for not going. Yeah. But that's not the situation here. She said she would use it as an excuse. Exactly. She didn't say it was a yeah, consideration. Yeah, it was an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Sherry, go to the wedding. Have fun at the wedding. Yeah, have fun. Send us pictures. <laughs> yes. All right. This next question is from Aria. Aria, like like, the, like an opera aria. Like an opera aria. That's a lovely name. Dear Shandy, thank you for all you do with your lovely podcast and for being the highlights of my week every Aww. week. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> Having the recaps and your dating advice has been a happy double header that I eagerly look forward to. Smiley face. Oh, My question nice. is, am I making too much out of white lies that I perceive my fiance making? I am a woman engaged to my lovely fiance and we are both in our early 30s living in L.A. We have been together for 10 months. The engagement is fairly fresh, although it hasn't been very <laughs> fresh. 80s fresh. <laughs> Although it hasn't been very long to some of our friends, we both knew that each other was, for the lack of a better phrase, the one very early on. We've lived together for four months and share everything, and I sincerely adore the life we have built together. We try new restaurants every week, play video games, and watch old nostalgic sitcoms. He truly treats me like gold. When I am upset, he tries to rectify things right away, mm. and he doesn't rest until things are good. For some info about our relationship, we hardly fight, and when we do, it is resolved within the day, usually within several hours. We've probably had six to seven fights in all this time. Each time, the fight has been resolved with both of us coming to some understanding about the point of view of the other person. Importantly, after all our fights, he's said things like, I'll try to be better about mm, not going on his phone at dinner, for example, and he follows through with actions. On to the white lies. There have been a few white lies that I have caught him in, and they make me feel very unsettled. And I don't know if I'm making too much out of them. None of this is about cheating or infidelity, just the idea that he's sometimes telling me untruths. 
One very little white lie was that I saw his empty cologne bottle outside his car once on our street, meaning he had littered and not thrown it in the trash. I, this is a great relationship, I'll tell you right now. If that's it, if that's the white lie that the guy does not respect recycling or a clean driveway, I, I'm going to have to say you're good. Anyway, go ahead. I asked him if it was his, and he adamantly said it was not. However, I knew it was very unlikely that anyone else had that particular bottle and had happened to finish it at the same time that he did and thrown it right next to his car. I hate littering, but this is small in the scope of what to fight over, so I let it go, but it bugged me that he lied. Can I can I just interrupt for one second? Yeah. It's not that I think it's weird that he lied about that. It's I have an issue not with the fact that he lied about it, but with his choice of white lies. Oh, one hundred percent. The fact that he said it wasn't his battle. Yeah. That's the weird part. It's like save your white lies for when you're they're really needed. You don't want a white lie ever, but if you do white lie, make sure it's for something that really (laughs) deserves it. it. A bigger lie has to do with him replacing one bridesmaid with someone else. His friend, Shelly, had told him now... Was the other woman named Sherry? No, it was Sherry. Sherry. (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh, my God. (laughs) His friend, Shelly, had told him how anxious she would be to be a bridesmaid. So he told me that he had replaced her with another friend, Lauren. Lauren, who is also engaged, has been openly competitive about our weddings, and when my fiancé said that he replaced Shelly with Lauren, I was upset. However, what actually upset me the most was that he absolutely, positively insisted that he had told me about this switch one week ago. We have had multiple conversations about the bridal party over this last week, and this switch was definitely brand new information to me. It made me upset because it seemed like he had made this big decision without including me, and then told me that it was essentially old news when it wasn't. I think that's Oh, that's weird. Ga- gaslighting. Y- yeah, uh, I mean, it, sounds, it just sounds like he's lying. <laughs> but he, he tried to convince her that he had told her. Yeah. Which he didn't. So that's te- that's it's, the definition or of Or he thinks that he did tell her, but I what I find weird is that he's sticking to his guns so much. Also, why is he making the decision about bridesmaids? I didn't understand that either. Okay. The crux of my concern is, what do I do when I feel very strongly that my fiancé has told me a white lie and when he continues to dig his heels into it and insist that he isn't lying? It makes me feel crazy when he insists that he's already revealed a big piece of information when I have no recollection of it. I have a very good memory and I am pretty sure I have not missed these things in conversation. Are these white lies anything to be concerned about? Or do we all make white lies for convenience and is that okay? One time he copped to this saying, yeah, I know I didn't tell you, but all other times he's really dug his heels in. If he just copped to these things, I'd feel loads better. Should I tell him that? I've never presented my view on this to him before because I know accusing someone of lying is something you can never come back from. I don't want him to think I harbor distrust, especially since I don't know if it is misplaced or overblown. So this has never been an argument between us as I have kept it to myself. He just thinks I'm upset at the switch of bridesmaids, for example. Mm. I don't like that. Any insight you have on this would be greatly appreciated. Thank you again for all you do. Sincerely, Aria. Hmm, that's a tough one. Uh, this one is deceptively hard. Yeah, so... It's multi-layered. It is. So the first question is, is it bad to occasionally white lie? And the answer is 
yes and no because mm-hmm. there's not a person on earth who hasn't told a white lie in their life. Yeah. Oh, you're you're you look beautiful today. No, you don't. You look like <laughs> shit. Everyone's done that, right? Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I want to kill myself. <laughs> Everyone does that. But those are very mild ones. They're bigger ones. Everyone's white lie. The question is, is how is he going about the white lies and how important are the white lies? So the switching of the bridesmaid to me, the, the, the bottle in the street, I know it's a symptom of maybe a bigger problem, but let's just disregard that for a second. Because that's something I could see myself doing. I, I don't know. If that's that uh, I don't really see you doing that. I can see. This is what concerns I would have me. Never, I would have never done that simply because it's such a waste of a white lie. Like I'd have been like, yeah, my bad. I'll pick it up. Like what, who cares? What I find concerning is I feel like there's a, a, okay, the bridesmaid one, I think they're really different examples, so I want to categorize them yeah. differently. But I think the cologne bottle what i find a little alarming about that example is that there is no humor in what to me is a hilarious situation well yeah like there's no I sense of you. like ah like whoops or I, I you know agree. like like really someone else is having to drop the bottle next to your car like let's say it's not his bottle and someone else did it that's insanely hilarious yeah do you know what i mean and let's say it was his bottle and he's insisting that it wasn't his that's also insanely hilarious where's the humor Mm -hmm. in what uh, to me it's turning into something weird instead of it being funny it's weird well the thing is you're right and and you're right i shouldn't dismiss that lie because the line itself has no major round like who cares yes it's no one's being hurt by this lie but It may be a symptom of a bigger problem that he's like sort of a a compulsive liar. He lies about stupid stuff all the time. If he lies about stupid stuff all the time, then he's probably lying about big stuff all the time. Yes. And but but that's getting to the second lie, which I believe is textbook gaslighting, which is dangerous. Well, she said she feels like she's crazy. Well, that's the result of gaslighting. Mm -hmm. You feel crazy. But you're like, wait a minute. I thought I heard this. But Mm -hmm. now you're telling me I didn't. So that's bad. But again, the problem I have here is that everything about this relationship sounds amazing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She hit almost every part. It's like, it's, this is a good relationship, but, yeah. but he's kind of a liar. Well, that's the thing. Okay, and the relationship is good, but it's also 10 months old. Not that long. 10 months old. That is, and they've been living together for four months. I'm not saying it's not a great relationship that doesn't have what it takes to last a lifetime. But I think this is a major red flag and I don't feel good saying that because I I know they're planning a wedding. I find the bridesmaid thing completely out of line. Completely out of line. I, Can I, you imagine? I mean, I assume they're her bridesmaids. I don't understand. I don't. I guess I wish I knew a bit better the dynamics of like how they're like slotting in bridesmaids and why the hell is he doing that? And how could you possibly do that without consulting first? A wedding yeah. is a shared project. That's a little weird. I don't feel super comfortable declaring that a major red flag yet. Yeah, because we don't know the dynamics of the friendships and who was doing what assignments for the wedding. I get that. But what is alarming is that he's like, I told you. I told you a week ago. And we have to assume that he's wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm taking her word for it that he didn't tell her. Who knows? Maybe she was drunk and he whispered it to her. I don't know. Maybe she missed it. I, I don't know. I'm gonna, let's take her side. Um, I think it's something because of that one. And I guess because of the bottle in the street. This is why why burn a white lie on that? Exactly. That's pretty stupid. He burned a white lie on the bottle in the street, which is why now 
I hate to say it, the seed of distrust is planted. She's writing into a podcast. She still hasn't even told him because she's not sure if she's overblowing it. But she feels enough uncertainty in his ability to be truthful where I think that this is going to start spreading roots. Well, well, the the good news is they're early. It's 10 months in. So they're still in the early parts of the relationship. She can still, she still has time to lay down the law and be like, hey, we need to have a talk. There's been a few things you've said. I, I'm not going to blame you for it. I'm not going to crucify yeah. you. I just want to air it out. Like, you've been lying about some stuff. And I'm not saying it's the end of the world. Like, I don't, I'm not accusing you of having an affair or mm-hmm. like doing crazy things like stealing my money. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, we need to talk about this lying and we need to talk about it now. Yeah. Period. Because you have a good relationship. Everything you told me about this relationship is a, sounds amazing. I was about to say, like, like three quarters of the way through the question, like, what's wrong with this relationship? And now I see. So before yeah, you let it's this... A bad, honestly, I this think is, the lying is a bad thing. You have an early diagnosis of a potential malignancy. Very early diagnosis. Mm-hmm. You still have time to treat this. Yes. But if you let it grow a little more, I mean, to push the analogy, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. You don't want to let this grow. Yes. If you stay quiet about this, look, you could stay quiet about like being annoyed that he leaves his, you know, underwear on the floor or that he doesn't clean up the bathroom. Yeah, this is like the you know. opposite of the first question, which yeah. is like annoyances. Like keep, you know, things that annoy oh, yeah. you, it's not worth mentioning Lies a lot of the time. are not annoying. I mean, they can be annoying, <laughs> yeah. but they're they're also This other is more things. concerning. They're insidious. Air it. Air now. it. Don't wait. Don't don't make it like sort of a light thing like, "Hey, you know, I was thinking the yeah. other day, make this like one of these and I rarely give this advice because I don't like this attack but this is one of those we need to have a chat conversations i hate to say it i know that's not comfortable but it's a we need to talk situation and it has to be had as soon as possible yes and i firmly believe that because how he handles this confrontation will honestly i truly firmly believe will dictate the course of their relationship and and whether or not honestly this works and she will she will gain so much insight to his reaction yeah was if his reaction is over the top like what are you talking about i never lied that wasn't my bottle i don't know about this i told you you're accusing me of lying like if he starts putting it back on her lying about having lied digging his heels in which it sounds like he does it really sounds like he is super conflict averse and doesn't you know this this is not uncommon. People who just say white lies because they don't want to deal Absolutely. with the discomfort. Yes. I had an ex who did this, yeah. who just lied about stupid shit. Yeah. And I was like, if you had just told me, yep. I would be so much happier about this. But the fact that you lied about it more than once, even after I brought it up, is concerning. Because what's going to happen when it's something serious? Yeah, You need to know that you can trust each other. That like you do not marry this man if you do not think you can trust him. I, yes. I know that's really harsh advice. You're planning a wedding, but it's also only been ten months. Yeah. You've been living together for four. It, has, it hasn't been ten years and four years. Yeah, you still you have don't... to find out now yeah. if he is the kind of person who lies just to avoid a little bit of conflict. I I, don't, I want to take this down from like DEFCON 5 just a little I, bit. I have a just bit because, more of an issue with Because this, I yeah. think more people white lie in this world than you think. Or than, not you, than anyone thinks. Like everyone yeah. assumes everyone's being honest with them all the time, but they're, they're lying more than you think. But no, usually they're lying about stuff that just to smooth the, the social fabric yes, of, of life. Yes, but also they, again, the social fabric. Right. Your marriage, your relationship, your partner in life, that's not social fabric. 
That's right. your you're linked. You need to trust your partner yes. in life. You're you're like it's like a life raft. You need to be able to trust them. And and does it matter that he didn't that he used this cologne bottle and lied about throwing out? No, but that could be a piece of a pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's reinforced by the bridesmaid situation, which is more serious and now gets into the gaslighting territory, which can be a very, very insidious issue in marriages. So the talk needs to be had. I am not vilifying this guy yet. I know that you're going a little harder on than me. I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm one step closer to vilification not, than you. I'm not there. I'm yeah. not there. I, I also I don't respect know. that. I think that you're right. Honestly, I'm probably going too hard. I don't have enough information. I can admit that. I just find this alarming that the first example to me should be funny. Yeah. And the second example, if if it, let's say it is, I did tell you a week ago, then be like, oh, well, who cares? Let's say she's wrong. Now have the conversation. She's upset about it. What can we do to fix this? What I don't like is like, I told you that's old news. Yeah, but I also don't like the fact that she's being avoidant of the conversation. Like she's allowing that's it to a whole other. That's a whole other red flag. She's afraid to bring it up with him. Right. Well, why is she afraid? Is it because of her or is it because of him? She need this, Anyway, look. I these suspect are all, it's because of him. I mean, circling around the yeah. issue here, which is there may be a cancer. Yes. And it's got to be carved out yeah. right now. Yeah. You're 10 months in. I didn't know, like, honestly, I've dated several, I, I, six, seven women for more than 10 months. And I really didn't know them after 10 months. I knew them mostly. But there were things that came out after 10 months because 95% of the time I was happy for those first 10 months. Like everything was fine. Mm-hmm. It was all honeymoon. You start finding out the, the the skeletons in year two. So I'm not saying that this guy is bad. This might be the, your one. It may be your soulmate. But what you don't want to do is to let this problem go on for several years and have yourself in a point of no return suddenly you're married or you have kids or you bought a house together like you don't want to get there get it out now she says if he just copped to these things i'd feel loads better should i tell him that yes yes aria yes you have to tell him that he needs to learn it's the lying that's the problem and that's becoming the crime well, the lying isn't necessarily the problem. It's the lying about the yeah, lying. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the sorry. cover-up is worse than yeah, the crime. Exactly. Always. 100%. He needs to recognize that difference because I think he thinks, oh, I'm just not going to have the conflict. Absolutely. Everybody lies to make their life easier. Yes, They're everyone. not trying to be malicious. Yeah. But not everybody lies about lying. And that's the problem. Yes. Again, with their partner. I'm not talking about some acquaintance that is in town and you don't want to see them so you pretend you have plans. This is Wait, someone- you've done that before? <laughs> That's unheard of. <laughs> I'm saying someone who you're marrying, marrying. You should feel so comfortable with this person you're marrying to the point where it's like, why the hell are you lying? Yeah. I know you're lying. It's the lying that bothers me. It should just come out. And, and by the way, when people are accused of lying, especially when they have lied, <laughs> oftentimes they get very upset. Mm-hmm. So. As much as I think this should be set up as a serious talk, you have to be a little soft about it when you're talking about it. You don't want to get into a fight about him lying. He needs to understand, Aria, that a slight conflict isn't the end of the world. And it, I also think it's on you to make sure that it, if he is truthful, that it doesn't escalate to something really That's horrible. a great point. because. Yeah. Because if the lying is rooted in conflict avoidance, yes. that's very fixable. Yes. If the lying is rooted in just you're a liar, yes. that's a bigger problem. Yes. 
Good point. The cover up is worse than the crime. Always. As you said. And unless the crime is uh <laughs> I don't know, it's too dark. Let's just move on. Yeah. I think that you know, I've always said that relationships require mutual training, especially mm-hmm. in the first year or two. And if he is trained to realize that if he's truthful, it's not the end of the world. It's, yeah. you, know, you might enjoy it. Yeah. You might be like, ooh, this is a chance for me not to lie. It's so <laughs> nice. feels yeah. good. It, in that sense, it needs to be a safe place for him too. Yeah. To know that he can tell the truth and it's not going to escalate to something disproportionate to the crime that was committed so that he doesn't feel inclined to lie about it. So let's be, on, let's be honest, lying, unless it's to cover up an actual real crime, like, you, you know, he had sex with her sister. Like that's that's obviously a crime that you're lying because otherwise you're done. You're mm-hmm. going to relationship prison. Relationship. Yeah. But then there's lying to just kind of just ease life. Yeah. To just kind of make that's everything the bad easier. Kind. Yeah, that's right. the bad kind. And it takes so much pressure off to know that you will be accepted even if you don't lie about these things that you think are easing yeah. life. What he needs to be taught and what all white excessive white liars need to be taught is that not lying in the white lie situation will actually make your life easier and f- make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Except when someone doesn't look good who you don't know that well and you tell them that. Don't tell them <laughs> that. Lie. Always lie. If someone looks like shit, say they look good. If you're feeling like shit and you just met someone you haven't seen in 10 years, just say you're feeling good. Yeah. But that's different. Yeah. Those, those don't count. Relationship lies shouldn't exist ever unless you bought your, your wife or the husband a really nice gift and it's sitting under the bed and they ask you, is there a gift under the bed for me? And you say, no, there is not. There is nothing under the bed. I am gaslighting you. It's so interesting. Like, you know, we really only have her side of the story. Yeah. Is it possible he did tell it's her? It's possible. That's is why it possible I'm not it's not his fine. cologne bottle? Yeah, because then, that, I mean... <laughs> It's the ultimate like miscarriage of justice. Yeah, like the yeah. guy's going to the, 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 the electric chair and all he was doing was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I want to know examples of times he's told the truth, even though it was uncomfortable. Yeah, I would love to know that too. Yeah. Your relationship sounds great, but honestly, a lot of terrible relationships start seeming great. Otherwise, uh, people wouldn't get into them. Oh my God. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Every relationship, every horrible relationship starts out great. Isn't that sad? It is sad. Oh, that's tragic. And every marriage, every wedding is, you think that they're doing it thinking, oh yeah, we'll be divorced in five years. Yeah. And it's funny, I'm reaching that age where I can see it happening around me. It's so funny, like you reach your late 20s, early 30s, and your friends all start getting married. And when you start hitting your late 30s, a lot of them are getting divorced. Yep. And it's so bizarre and sad, but also, I guess, just a part of life that you see these these fractures growing into problems that, yeah. that are just irreconcilable differences. Yeah. Love fades, but love doesn't always crumble. And unfortunately, there are times when love crumbles and it's very ugly. Yeah. And every day, I honestly check myself every day, not maybe not every day, but most days, I check myself at some point in the day and say, Charlene and I are doing great. Like, this is better than I could have ever imagined oh, any nice. relationship I could ever have. But I always check myself like, this is how a lot of people felt 
years before they had a horrific divorce where they were fighting over assets, fighting yeah. over kids, yeah. like physically hurting each other. And you have to think like these are precious things. When you have a really good relationship, it's a precious thing. And you have to appreciate it and you have to nurture it. But and, it, and, and also, by the way, have it, nurture is important because you don't just have a good relationship. I really truly believe you maintain a good relationship. Yes. But part of maintaining a good relationship is having a comfort level in it. We always talk on this Honesty. podcast about the safe place. It's a safe space. Why has she felt uncomfortable bringing this up? Yeah. I find that alarming. It also bothers me that he thinks the issue is that she's like, oh, I just don't want Lauren instead of the other bridesmaid. You should. It's not. It's only. It's a part of the issue. It's not the main issue. Honestly, in relationships, you should feel with your partner that it is the ultimate safe place for everything. I should feel that if we're like taking a crowded subway downtown and I completely have diarrhea in my pants all over the place, <laughs> you're still going to love me just as much, if not more, the next day. <laughs> I do think I would love you more the next day. You, That's you, hilarious. You particularly would love me more. You're, you're great. But this goes without saying, like if you feel very uncomfortable having this conversation or he gets super uncomfortable about the conversation, you've got a little bit of a, uh, a chasm there mm -hmm. and, and you got to you got to be careful. Yep. Aria, I don't I feel bad. I feel bad that I went as hard as I did, but I really stand by everything I've said. Yeah. You have to get to the cancer. Cut it out if you can. To completely pummel this analogy to death, you may go to the doctor and she may say, oh, you have a growth here I'm concerned about. We have to do some tests. They do the tests. You come back a couple of weeks later and it's benign. So you may have this conversation and realize like, oh, I wasn't, I should have never been worried about this. It's all explained now. Mm -hmm. But you got to have the conversation. Otherwise, you'll never know if it's malignant or benign. That's true. Very nice. Good job pummeling yeah, the analogy. Yeah, just beat it. It's like it's like a tenderized cutlet. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, to kind of explain my I feel like I had a big reaction to this. That is something I really sought in my relationship was that feeling of complete, complete and utter transparency mm -hmm. all the time. I yeah. can tell you anything. That's something that I personally value in relationships and when I didn't have that in past relationships it was a deal breaker for yeah. me so I can admit that I am coming I am projecting my own needs and desires and relationships out there I recognize that and so I want to have that out there as a disclaimer mm -hmm. if you are totally okay with just sort of existing in this place where you're kind of dancing around these little white lies in your relationship I'm not saying it can't work I'm not um, neither am I yeah for me, it couldn't work. But Aria, I just as a disclaimer, it's possible that could work for you. I suspect maybe it can't because you wrote into a podcast about it. But I'm not saying that the relationship is donezo because of this. And I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we answered this one? I think we did. Get to the doctor, Aria. <laughs> Address the growth. Get the x-rays. <laughs> yeah. Find out whether or not it's benign. Okay. Good luck. Yeah. All right, Andy. I think then that's a wrap. I believe it for is. For this Q&A sesh. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and for your incredible questions. The questions are so great. I do want to mention one more time. We said this in the anniversary Q&A, no. and I said it a little earlier in this one, but uh, when you submit a question, tr please try to consider length. 
And I say that because there have been so many questions that we've wanted to use, but that haven't been used because of length and length alone. Yes. And, and it breaks my heart because I want to use it, but it's just, it's going to take up too much of the episode. We want to keep things moving. Length is, is some, in some areas a good thing. Yeah. And in this area, it is not. Yes. So I'm just putting that out there to for you to consider when you write your emails in. And yeah. That was a penis joke, by the way. <laughs> went right over my head i was i was busy talking to our audience andy i would i would like the appropriate reaction for my juvenile humor (laughs) i'm sorry i failed you that's okay okay do you feel ready then to wrap here i do if you enjoyed what you heard today you know what we're going to ask of you and that is to like subscribe hit the notification bell follow us on instagram tell your friends and leave us iTunes ratings and reviews and generally do all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy and keep it alive and kicking. And on that note, I think that's a wrap for this Q&A. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye. Dear Shandy.